0: Welcome to the Brandon Bloom Podcast, the place to be to learn how to grow your business's visibility online organically. I'm your host, Liz Fleming. Let's dive right into this new episode. Hey, bloomers, welcome back to the Brandon Bloom Podcast. So stoked for this guest, Emma Givens, is here. Emma, welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. For those of you who don't know Emma, uh, she is a copywriting whiz. Oh my goodness. She is another guest that I had to speak at the Made by Me Summit this year. And I invited her to come on to the podcast because she is just that brilliant. She's fantastic. So Thank you.
1: that means a lot coming from a marketing expert.
0: Yes, so ma'am. Funny. Oh my gosh. Your presentation was one of my favorite to watch and learn. Um, your framework is stellar. I don't know if you'll be diving into that at all today with us, but yeah. it is so good. Um, anywho, before we jump into that, why don't you tell my listeners a bit about who you are and how you became a copywriter?
1: Sure. Absolutely. So I mean, I've been a writer since I was a very small child and I actually, good timing uh, for anyone who might be watching on video, but I'll describe it for anyone listening to the podcast. (laughs) This in my hands right now is my first ever (gasps) self-published novel. (laughs) It is a tissue paper bound book (laughs) called Hockey Dogs. Um, Very clearly an eight-year-old drew it. (laughs) I love it. Um, So I have been writing and loving it since I was yeah at least eight years old when I got an A plus on this assignment I'm still proud to this day so (laughs) (laughs) I love um, it yeah I would say more than anything I'm a writer in general because I write I just have never been able to go a month without writing something creative or a reflection and I had a really hard time figuring out how to make that into a career aside from becoming the next JK Rowling (laughs) as much as that would be amazing too Uh. (laughs) So I strayed away from it for a bit I ended up Going kind of a traditional route, went to university through the time I was about 16, all the way up until going on my own. I worked largely for one place where I ended up in all sorts of different departments and for a while in their marketing department. So I was able to try a whole bunch of different things and I discovered content writing um, and then through that copywriting. So I started with experience first and Mm. was able to learn through practice, through a mentorship a lot of the time, and then through formal training as well. And there just came a point when there wasn't a whole lot more to learn in that environment. And I was able to strike out on my own and bring a lot of what I had learned, particularly to small business owners and entrepreneurs, because there's a lot that is just not super accessible if you're not in the corporate space. And I wanted to bring Mm. that to people who are really passionate about what they do and who make a big difference on like person to person. So it's just an absolute joy to bring brand messaging, copywriting, content strategy to the people who need it most.
0: Yes. Thank goodness for people like you who are so brave and so courageous enough to step out on their own and share their wisdom with the world. I feel like our backgrounds are very similar. You know, we both started in corporate and built up our experience and then we realized how we could make it our own and how happy it made us and how many more people we could help for the better. So I... I just love hearing that and um, it makes my heart palpitate. <laughs> oh. I just, seriously, when I hear people following their dreams, I'm just like fist pumping all day long. <laughs> like, yes, you do not have to stay stuck. And it's, especially with writing, something like that, that craft is so, it can take so many different, you know, veils, if you will. Like it can be done in so many different ways. And for you to just kind of harness what you're good at and teach it to people is fascinating. So how, I guess, like, what did it look like when you stepped out on your own? And I know you have this copywriting formula. So like, how did that come to be? I wonder if we have that same experience there too, because I also have a formula and I'm just curious if how yours came to be and if it's similar.
1: Yeah. So it was a bit of a journey. <laughs> <can say> that. <laughs> um, at first, when I stepped out on my own, my vision was a little bit more short term, I figured I would give it a shot, especially just kind of conveying myself as a freelancer, and I would explore what else I could do. So I actually ended up doing a master's degree at the same time as I was freelancing. Mm-hmm. And then partway through realized, I mean, it was great. I got to move to Spain and everything because of it. So <laughs> definitely don't regret it.
0: <laughs> but wow. about a semester
1: in, I realized that no, I, I really am ready to do the business full time. It's taking off. I have regular clients and I had just realized that I could also teach this because a lot of entrepreneurs were saying that they wanted to maintain ownership over their copy because they, they mm. knew it was one thing to get a copywriter who's skilled at taking on their voice but it's never exactly the same as if you were to write it yourself and they really wanted to maintain ownership. So they just wanted to learn what was relevant to them. Um, So (laughs) through that journey of going full-time, I found a mentor who's named Jack Fish, who is also a copywriter, but she runs a writing community called the Mm -hmm. Mofo Writers Community. I love it, i want to write that down.
0: Um,
1: So she's actually my mentor. So um, I was able to learn a lot about being a copy coach as well. And I was able to bring on the two sides of my business. So that way, not only am I still doing, having like longer term partners that have a lot of um, clarity around what their business is, who they speak to, how they speak to them a couple of those kind of retainer clients whose businesses I'm deeply involved with. But also, I'm able to help the entrepreneurs that want to maintain ownership for themselves over their copy and just give them what they need at that time. So we lay a a solid foundation with their brand voice. We work on their brand archetype, all the pieces of brand messaging, and then we focus on what they need. So they'll get templates for an about page because they're working on their website copy. Or at a certain point, I was finding that there was a common thread that all of them, the copy coaching clients had in common, which is that they would learn the basic formulas. So I would teach them usually AIDA, which is still considered the gold standard formula. Mm -hmm. And what was missing for them a lot was transitions. So they would have a really hard time moving from I to D, for example, which is Mm. usually, usually you end up talking about someone's pain points and then moving to what they want. Well, how do you go from pain in the past to, joy in the future. That was a really hard point for a lot of them to come through. So, I researched there's other copywriting formulas out there, but I wanted it to be something immediately useful for them, still maintaining the things that are gold standard about AIDA. And that is where my Armado copywriting formula was born. Basically, people showed me that they needed it <laughs> and I came up with it to serve them.
0: Yes. Oh, fantastic. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, it was kind of similar. My journey was like, I stepped out on my own, um, as a freelancer kind of took my leap of faith from corporate and was like, I'm going to try this full time mm-hmm. and like nail to the grindstone or whatever the saying is <laughs> started just talking to people and getting clients. And wow. I realized after a year and a half, I was teaching the same framework over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, it's time to package this. And I love hearing, you know, that you had something similar, you know, absolutely. Fantastic. So enough about me. I just love to make those parallels because there are listeners who are, who are, might be on a similar journey, you know, maybe they've been with their craft for a while and they're like sick of doing the day to day and want (laughs) to scale. These are great examples of how both Emma and I have scaled our businesses. So Mm -hmm. um, speaking of formulas, do you want to break down? You're copywriting services? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> so <good. laughs> it's so, so good. So I'll give you a little bit of background
1: too, which is the name of it is the Armada Formula. And... That is both intentional because obviously Armada is an acronym, right? Like every letter stands for something. But also that term is really tied into my brand messaging. So when I was just talking about the importance of brand archetypes, my dominant archetype is the sage. And so I draw a lot on history and wisdom and the armada brings to mind the spanish armada and i'm able to pick a lot mm-hmm. of images to go with it when i'm teaching with like lithographs in the background or those really beautiful kind of medieval or renaissance era ships mm-hmm. um, so that's baked into it so i thought that's kind of a, a cool thing a lot of people may not appreciate until you're having this type of conversation so i wanted to throw that in there yes and the breakdown is so armada a for attention r for reflection m for motivation a for aspiration, D for details, and the final A for action. So that is framed really similarly into that gold standard formula, the AIDA, where we start with attention and action. And I think that that is really key, right? We want to make sure that someone's scrolling through their feed, that they actually see what you're putting out there and stop. They're, it draws their attention, right? It's just a no-brainer good headline good email subject line we need to grab their attention and we always want to call them to action so those are two really strong pillars that I think are absolutely essential and then after attention which is lots of things like creating urgency so last chance Mm. or you know I like to give specifics as well as a way to grab attention so I have a one example that i've put up here five easy tips that will save you a fortune so five easy tips that's super specific and save you a fortune is also a big bold claim so all of these aspects urgency questions specifics bold claims are really great ways to grab attention
0: mm-hmm. i have a question really quick question sorry before Absolutely. you keep going um would you correlate urgency with scarcity too or do you feel they're two different things in terms that's of really copywriting answer. okay yeah i would say i
1: think I think sometimes, yes, that okay. can be one way of going about it. But I know, at least for me, it doesn't feel very good. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. So yeah. I would really focus on, is it true? So for example, mm-hmm. if you have a live program that you teach and it starts on, uh, let's say it starts on September 8th, right? They have to sign up by September 8th, otherwise they're gonna miss out, right? Yes. So there genuinely will be a last chance or there genuinely will be a cutoff date so you can make sure that you're prepared to deliver it. In that case, because it's true, I would absolutely lean into that because it does give that, like, if you want in, this is just the truth. You have to be yes. in by the day. it's, it's yeah. genuine urgency. Um, however, it's not necessarily scarcity, because I think scarcity, though, what that word brings up for people is it's fake, right? We're mm-hmm. pretending that our evergreen webinar <laughs> and the offer that comes with that closes after 12 hours when mm-hmm. actually it's an evergreen webinar. People can tell, right? They Especially know. if they've been in the online entrepreneur while, they can absolutely tell. It just feels wrong. It feels yep. so, yeah. So I would say when it's genuine urgency, go for it but just don't fake it, that's all.
0: Okay, I'm glad I asked because I feel the same way. So I've, I've asked that question a couple of times to a few other guests and it's always the same thing. It's like yeah. scarcity tactics work to a degree, especially in your writing and you know mm-hmm. when you record content. But you have to be genuine and it has to be true. Otherwise, you you jump into this manipulative marketing territory and you become like every big box store that's out there and stuff like that. So I just wanted to ask, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, I know that's
1: totally, I think it's so important because you know, the most important thing we have with the people we serve is trust. Mm-hmm. And the minute we start leaning into scarcity marketing and you know, we do it twice, or they start to realize there's inconsistencies we really quickly lose trust, which takes so long to develop. So it's not worth it. (laughs) Yeah. It's a quick fix and it's not worth it long-term. So 100%, I'm glad, glad that we've talked about this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So I can go into R. So Armada R, R is for reflection. And this is basically the, the summary of reflection is to almost hold up a mirror to the people that you want to serve. So Sometimes that means acknowledging their pain points. That doesn't mean digging it in and being sleazy about it. It just means, hey, I understand that this is actually something that you're struggling with right now. You're not the only one, right? It's really validating. That's what reflection is about, is validating. But it can also be reflecting where they are at through what other people similar to them have gone through before. So before I worked with Liz, she was dealing with this, this, and this knowing that pretty much all of my ideal clients are dealing with the same thing. So that's a case study example of how you can reflect. If you went through the same thing, you can share the emotion that you had in the same situation. So you can say, you might be feeling like this. I know, or I'm guessing that because I've been there too. And those are kind of three solid ways. So pain points or dissatisfactions. I think that's really important to mention as well. Mm -hmm. If Your people aren't in agony. (laughs) Like, for example, especially I would say makers, so jewelry designers, you know, Mm -hmm. you're probably not serving someone who is absolutely in agony because they don't have your piece of jewelry, but they may very well be dissatisfied. So you're still telling them, hey, I see that. And that's why I do what I do so that you have a way better experience. So you're happier. Mm -hmm. So that's totally valid. Pain points and dissatisfactions, sharing case studies or sharing emotions. So reflect back to them where they're at.
0: Okay. Awesome. I love that. That's so helpful for us to know. And so this is really a formula that someone can take and just run with. I mean, you have the acronyms and it's like, they can literally, it's meant for them to sit down and guide them as they're writing, whatever it is they're writing, whether it's website, copy, social media content, right? Absolutely. I would say that what makes it kind of special is that it's really useful for content. I find that
1: a lot of the copy formulas are pretty much useful for cops. So things that are meant to sell. So sales emails, sales pages, it would be a very basic version of a sales page, but it can Mm -hmm. be useful for sales pages too. However, Armada, I think it really shines because it helps you create great social media captions. It can help guide you to create really strong newsletters because you're constantly grabbing their attention, tapping into their emotions and what really matters to them. Then in a minute, we'll get on to how they justify with logic, right? Or you give them details, you give them education. Then you ask them to engage with you in some way. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very powerful so that you know that your social captions are worthwhile, your newsletters are worthwhile, your blog posts are effective. Like they're achieving something for you. You're Mm -hmm. not just speaking into the ether, right? You actually start to see engagement improve. So that is really where it shines, but absolutely. It can totally be used for sales copy too. I just think it's kind of special for- Yeah, (laughs) oh my gosh,
0: it's super special. And (laughs) I think my favorite part of it is the final A action, because I see so many people creating wonderful content and then it's just open-ended, like there's no direction and of course, then they're like, well, why am I not getting subscribers? And why isn't my community growing? And it's because they just don't know what to do. People literally need to be guided and told what to do. So that action step to me is probably the most important one. W- what do you think about that?
1: Absolutely, definitely. I think that especially when it comes to social media, mm. we often see people just kind of reflecting and they put that yeah. in their caption or their caption may not be, is this coming from an interior designer or is this coming from, you know, like it it can be hard to tell how it serves their business. Yeah. Um, And actually telling people that you want them to comment, ask them an easy single one, easy single thing to do. Tell them how exactly to do it, right? Comment below, share this with a friend who needs it. You can with a mm-hmm. newsletter forward it to someone who needs it. You make it super easy for them to take meaningful action. So that could be talking to you, right? It could be spreading the word about what you do. And then because our model works for copy as well, it can also be telling them, you know, go to the link in my bio and book a discovery call. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. Like use the 10% off code that I'm giving you here to buy your first piece of wrapping paper. I had a really fantastic luxury wrapping paper. I will never forget how amazing.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's critically important to just building up an audience, building an engaged audience
0: that constantly
1: sees your stuff and eventually inviting them to work with you in some way.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that's so important. So Say I am someone who has found you on the internet and I'm a very lucky person because I found you and I've invested in you and your Armada framework and I'm working through it, I'm working through it. Yeah. What, at what point would it be time for me to hire you? Like mm-hmm. to hire help? Like how, what's the longevity of using this framework? Is, is it like I can take it and run with it as long as I'm comfortable and that's what it is? Or is there kind of more to it if I were to work with an actual copywriter one-on-one in a customized way?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I think that there's kind of three avenues. So avenue one is with Armada, You feel super confident about it. You're already a really strong writer. Maybe you've learned a little bit about marketing and copy in the past, and you can take it and run with it. Just like I said, for content marketing especially, you can use Armada for a whole lot for a long time. Mm -hmm. If you want to learn more about the nuances of persuasive copy to create a really strong sales page or sales email, that might be a point where you want to do a little bit of copy coaching or outsourcing it, I would say to over the lifetime of your business to make sure you're constantly moving that to the next level. So that would be a second avenue is to have a copy coach. Also, if you feel like, am I doing this right? (laughs) If you're constantly doubting yourself, get a copy coach like myself or Jack Fish, my mentor. We work in different ways, but essentially we look over what you're doing to make sure that it is Not only grammatically correct and spelling, (laughs) because sometimes people just need that second set of eyes, but we also provide accountability and we can also support you with tweaks, right? So maybe the Armada formula in general is very effective, but for what you're trying to achieve, Mm. we would have a suggestion like, oh, go in this direction instead, or let's try this storytelling technique instead. Mm -hmm. So we can constantly adapt and create plans and strategies dependent on your business and where you're actually trying to go. If you want to maintain ownership over your writing, yes. And the third avenue is outsource. <laughs> There's yeah. so many reasons you might outsource. One is if you don't like writing. That's okay. You don't need to. Other people will be happy to do it for you. People like myself. And you can also definitely outsource when you just have too much going on. If you're constantly serving clients you may find it hard to keep up with all of your different marketing and sales avenues. So that's why you bring on someone like a VA and you bring Mm -hmm. on a Facebook ads person and you bring on a copywriter who will just do it for you. And a good copywriter will absolutely get to know your voice. We will come up with brand messaging strategies. We will be able to create a plan that reflects you and your values and speaks the same language as your ideal clients while also just taking that off of your list. Of things oh, to you. yeah. So if that is appealing to you, if you feel like <laughs> a sigh of relief when you hear that, someone else can just do it effectively for you. That's probably a good sign. It's time to outsource. I would. Yeah. Say.
0: Yeah. And I heard you say the word doubt in there. So that's kind mm-hmm. of one of the key factors you would say for someone that's looking or not sure about whether it's time to work with a copywriting coach, right? It's like, the actual feelings you feel. It may not be that you're not a good writer. It may just Mm -hmm. be that you have been alone with it for too long, needs a fresh set of eyes. Like there's no harm in that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. One of my more recent clients, actually, she's a great writer. You know, she went through to like PhD level. She's been writing nonstop for years, but she was going over and over her website content over and over again. So there was a services page section, but there was also more of that traditional content. The about page, the home page, she was just doubting it and it took her months to post it anywhere so Mm -hmm. that's why she was like I still want to write it but I need you to help me get it done I need you to set a boundary around this and give Mm -hmm. me the yes this is good and you know I taught her along the way to help build her confidence that's another good point of having a coach is you don't need to depend on us forever you know we're not just editors Mm -hmm. we're actually coaching you so that you learn how to do it even better yourself and by practicing with that attentive eye, you start to build the confidence so that you can go off on your own Mm -hmm. and produce more long-term. So I would absolutely say that for all of those decisions, it depends a lot on how you're feeling. It's totally okay to bring in a coach to help you with writing, just like it is to help you with mindset or to help you with growing your business. It's just as important with writing copy and content because that's how you show up in the world. You want to show up with your best foot forward. You want to feel confident. You want to feel like you are being thoughtful every time you do it so that you're not just spending time on visibility because it can be very time consuming, but you Mm -hmm. know, it's, effective. It's time well spent. That means a lot to people as well. Totally. Yeah. It's a
0: great investment. And I can't tell you my goodness, the amount of times I've recommended copywriters to people when I've done seminars and trainings, like it's always the question I get. Cause in my, you know, how I teach, I'm like, you've got to do the work. There's no like beat around the bush way to do this. Like we're not Beyonce, you know, we can't just <laughs> shell out all this money and just have this glamorous team and like have them know what we're doing and it be a thing like that runs itself. You have to lay the groundwork and that requires you to make an effort. So I'm telling people in these seminars, for example, like you want to get seen, you have to create content. You have to create content consistently. It's got to be of good quality. Like you have to write a newsletter and I give all these examples. And then at the end, they're like, I don't really like writing I don't really like social media. What do I do? And I'm like, you got to hire out. Like there's just no other option. Otherwise you're just, I mean, you're going to be stagnant. There's going to be no business. This is just going to be short-lived. I know that there are a lot of people out there who they're, they're good self-starters. Like they get motivated and then they just fall off the wagon like really quickly because they don't have something like your Armada framework to cling to. It gets old and then they're stuck there doubting themselves and their confidence. And that's where an investment in a coach like you would really pay off. So, um, I like to just reiterate that because I think a lot of people, entrepreneurs, especially, and makers feel so alone in their businesses and the day to day, and they just don't have to, there's help out there. If you need it, you just gotta ask for it, you know? Absolutely. I think the other thing that goes along with that
1: is, especially early stage entrepreneurs, there's this feeling that also, like, we need to earn, turn a profit before we can invest in. Mm, like, we need uh-huh. to earn for our businesses or to help our businesses grow and be sustainable long term. And I just don't think that's true. You know, I agree. I think you have to be thoughtful about it, but you would, if you were opening a restaurant, I heard the business coach, Jenny, she share this at some point. Like if you were investing in cre- building a restaurant, you can't do it all by yourself. And it's going to cost way more than investing as an online entrepreneur. Yeah. But you need you know, the real estate, you need the maitre D, you need someone to be the chef, because you probably can't be manager and chef all at the same time. And that is massive. But there's like a smaller scale version of that with online entrepreneurship, because you're also not going to be the legal expert, the accounting expert, the yeah. copy expert. And you can absolutely learn a little bit about all of those things. And I think that's actually a good idea. So, you know, if the people you're outsourcing to are as skilled as they say they are, and you can yeah. have a trusting relationship with them, but you also want to ask for help where you can get help mm-hmm. and it will build your confidence. It'll help your business grow so, so much faster. So you're worth investing in, right? Like totally. the development of your business is meaningful. You don't need <laughs> to turn some arbitrary number and profit first or you invest in yourself because right. that's just that's i think that's a false idea that the entrepreneurship like the online world oh has. and i just yes. don't think that that's <laughs> deserve to invest in your business and, and its success
0: i agree i 100 percent agree with everything you just said and even so in most cases you waiting around for those profits in order to invest is going to make you less profitable <laughs> like it's just going to take so much longer like Whereas if you're to invest consciously up front in certain avenues that you know you need help in, it just picks up the pace of everything and it sets you up for even more success. So um, I, I 100% agree. And my friends, you'll notice how both Emma and I are using the word invest here. There's a reason for that. <laughs> you're not just throwing away your money. You're not just spending your hard-earned cash. It's truly an investment in you and your knowledge and your skill set like these experiences your experiences your skills are worth investing in because it's not going to go away like you learn it and you know it and I that's know. why that's why this is so it's so worth it gosh i've worked with some coaches and it's been like not just a huge weight off my shoulders but just feel so good about myself yeah. <laughs> i'm like hell yes you? yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know what? I had this realization that I can be a bit better. I can improve in this area, and I took that scary step to ask, and the conversation unfolds, and you'll be amazed at how you can just work with others and find the people who are right for you. So I'm glad we Definitely. talked about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, before you go, I have one question, one final question, and this is probably has an obvious answer. I feel like I know it, but I like to ask, so um, how would you, as a copywriter, like measure results in the best way? Are you looking at like email signups, sales? Are you looking at analytics for social? Like, how do you measure success? Mm-hmm. of your, the success of your writing? in That is
1: way. such a good question. I think the first thing is to be really clear about defining success for you because mm-hmm. it depends on sl- somewhat your niche, right? I also work with some people who are more bloggers, influencers. And in that case, yes, their social numbers actually do mean something. Yeah. But for most of us as online entrepreneurs, that is k- kind of the idea of vanity metrics. Yes, it matters because you're getting eyes on you. It's a great place to keep people warm and build relationships, But really you can tell by, you know, the engagement, I think within your community. And also if you're making a good amount of money, (laughs) that's probably the ton of money with a thousand fans on Instagram, as long Hmm. as they're true fans. Absolutely. So I would say that you just need to define how, what is success for you? Does that mean Does that mean the actual number of clients that you have? Does it mean the consistency of those clients, how much you keep them warm and you keep them taken care of? Um, Maybe you want to speed up people in your funnel. So you want to make sure that your email sequences are actually achieving that goal. So I would say it does depend on you, but I do think it's just really important to remember that you're an entrepreneur to make a great living and doing something that you love. So don't get too caught up in those numbers on the external kind of vision, like focus on your internal numbers a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. What would you
0: say to that, Liz? Because I know you also had an answer. Um, Well, I always tell my people that it takes time. Like you, you can do everything perfectly, but unless you're doing it consistently, it's not going to matter. So if I went out after this interview and I just wrote out a caption with the Armada framework and hit posts. And if I (laughs) didn't, if I didn't get flooded with clicks and sales, like if I saw that as a failure, like then I don't have the right mindset. So I think just allowing yourself time is really so important. Um, That is so important. I always like to
1: share with new clients as they come in that content marketing, typically like what you do now, you'll start to see the results in about three months time. Uh You can see it sooner, but I think that that's a really good measure. Like if you're going to try out Armada as the formula for your social posts, give yourself a solid couple of months of doing that and watch how your engagement rates improve, watch how yep. your email signup rates improve, and you'll be able to draw the the line back to, okay, it was this. And if it's not working, you know, whatever that thing is you're trying for three months, that's a fair shot to give it where you can try mm-hmm. out a new technique in a few months' time. But yeah, one week, one post is simply not no. enough. You have no, to, no, no. Right, Liz? You have to yeah. be so consistent with content marketing. It is the long game.
0: Yeah. It is, totally. And I see it the most with email and site setup. People put so much emphasis on what they're saying in their email newsletters and their websites. Not that it's not important, but they stress about it to the point that they're not doing it. They're not hitting publish or hitting send. And they sit on that amazing content and they don't get the feedback. They don't get to see the opens, the clicks, the views. They don't get anything because they're so, um, they, they just want to perfect it, I guess, if I were to pick a word, you know, I see that a lot. I'm a part of a lot of Facebook groups just as an observer. And this is a question that I see come up all the time. It's like, when's there a time to hit publish? And I'm like, yesterday, Let's yeah, just get the thing I out there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and I know everyone has, everyone is on a different path, different skill level. So I don't say that to, you know, be a bully to anyone. It's just, I'm speaking from experience. I was that girl. And I wish, you know, looking back that that was the thing that I cared a little less about, that I stopped waiting for things to be perfect in order to put them out there. And I love to write as well, but it was scary. It was scary. You know, once I became a business owner to wear that hat all the time and just have my words out there in the world all the time, but yeah. you just got to get over it and you got to get out of your head.
1: Definitely. And I think that's why I start sooner rather than later, because start while you have a small audience, right? That can also take yeah. some of the pressure off. And to be honest, especially not necessarily so much for my clients, uh, the ones I do copy for, but for myself, I'm always testing, <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't feel like I've perfected much of anything. I'm constantly trying to improve it. So perfection is just not a realistic, yeah. goal it's not a helpful goal I think more than realistic it's just not helpful mm-hmm. so think about like if I am a full-time paid copywriter who also teaches other people to write copy and I still feel like I'm testing and trying something new all the time and putting myself out there then it's totally okay for you to feel the same way yeah <laughs> it's so okay
0: <laughs> well and that's how we know that you're qualified like you are 100 percent qualified to do what you do because of how you operate it's like mm-hmm people wait to invest in others who they like are perfect or they can guarantee a result. Like in this world, nothing is guaranteed. I don't care what ads you see. Someone can guide you along a similar path, Mm -hmm. but there's no guarantee that you are going to get the same exact results as the person that's teaching it to you. They're purely there as your coach and guide. Like there's a reason those words have the meanings that they do, right? Absolutely. We're not magicians, we're yeah. guides. We're not genies yeah. over here whipping out stuff left and right. Otherwise, we would both uh be Beyonce status. Yeah. Well,
1: that, that wouldn't be so bad either. Yeah. No, it's just not the truth.
0: Yeah. So come back down to earth a bit, you know, and just experiment. Um One thing that I noticed too, when I first left the corporate world, I was like digesting as much info as I could. And I signed up for all of these like free webinars, you know, email signups, freebies from like the Marie Forleo's, Amy Porterfield's of the world. And I would observe how they were writing their newsletters. And I was starting to pick up on what I actually enjoyed reading, what was easy to read, um, what just made me feel good and it wasn't like more work. So I really valued those experiences. Would you say that's like also a good starting point for others is to like not just rely on yourself and what comes out of the keyboard and your brain, but like just step out of your shell and see what the heck others are doing too.
1: Definitely. That's, I think something that a lot of copywriters do is like we can mm-hmm. swipe files. So meaning like a great yeah. email comes through, you see a great sales page, you save it somewhere like in a Google doc. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not going to literally use it, but you're yeah, you're not copying it, copy. it guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be super, super clear about that. But you know, if, You remember, hey, I remember that there was this fantastic, I'll do this thing for you. That was, like, the pitch of the email. I'll do this for you for free. And you could tell, like, oh, it's to get them into the first step of their funnel. I want to do that. Yeah. Look back at the fantastic email that was written and think, oh, like, what was the structure that they used here? Did they start with the invite first? Why did I like it so much? And then also, you know, pay attention to the places that you don't like so much. Know what you don't Uh want to do. And there's definitely, there's some, like, top-tier copywriters out there who I that they're talented and I have a lot of respect for them, but I just don't really enjoy their newsletters. They're just not yep. really the voice that I like. They're not for me. Mm. And I think the problem a lot of people fall into is thinking, well, they're top tier. I have to sound like them. So yep. if you notice people are sounding sassy and it doesn't sound real to them, <laughs> that's kind of the, the adjective that people are falling into. I am not sassy. It's just not who I am. Yeah. So I just <laughs> lean into the way that I talk because I, I, do, I don't really enjoy it either. Sometimes yeah. I do if I really like the person, but I think that's really helpful see who's doing stuff you like try and reflect on why you like it so much and give it a shot and yeah. then if you don't like it then learn from that like you don't have to put the effort into learning how to speak this way right it, it yeah even to you You want to you know enjoy what
0: you're doing yeah it's supposed to be natural yeah, yeah. You, know, you shouldn't be trying to mimic someone else's voice you should be using your own and i know um As a personal branding strategist, I've, and just as a person in general, I've (laughs) always spoken from the heart, like as a means to teach people things. So when I write my weekly emails or whatever, um, that's where it's coming from. And I get replies every week that are like, I love your emails. They're so fun. I look forward to them. And I always get asked too, like, how do you write these? And I'm like, I just, I'm myself, you know, like it's my voice. And of course it's practiced over the years. You know, I kind of like have pain points. Like I know what to point out, have an action item. Like I know the general basis of that copywriting. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just me and my, my brain and my heart (laughs) on, on quote unquote paper. Um, so yeah, yeah, like not overthinking it and just breathing yourself into your words, I think is that's kind of the number one thing I recommend when people struggle with writing. It's like, just see what comes from your heart. Like when you feel inspired, start writing, because I guarantee you that, you know, 99.9% of the time you can relate it back to something that you're doing and use it as a teaching point. Definitely.
1: Also like, if you want a little confidence, lean into something like the Armada formula. Yeah. And let yourself come through in the spaces in between, right? Like it's literally just a, make sure this is kind of like a checklist. (laughs) You're like, (laughs) I got this point. I got this point. They're in this order. Other than that, just like that can be something to lean on for you to just be fully yourself. So it gives you somewhere to start. And that's kind of, I think of that, like for all copy formulas, to be honest, they're just a a skeleton. And then you're (laughs) filling out all the kind of decorative, the emotional elements. That's all you.
0: So your voice is why people come to you, right?
1: They just want to be around you. So let them see it. (laughs) It's really that beautiful and that simple.
0: Totally, 100%. So for everyone listening, if you've listened to other episodes of this podcast, um, this is definitely one you're going to want to come back to because I've talked about personal branding a lot. Um, For those just tuning in, I recently interviewed Tolu Michaels, a personal branding strategist. I've talked about, this uh on a few other episodes too so if you're looking for the next point after hearing those episodes this would be that <laughs> um you know it's knowing how to kind of talk about yourself use your voice and this armada framework is a great launch point for you so speaking of starting points you've got a free guide that you're gonna share with us right
1: yeah, absolutely okay so if you go to Yes. You will have access to something that's going to make your life so much easier.
0: Woohoo! <laughs> Bring like it nice on!
1: Repurposing,
0: right? <laughs> so
1: you create, you you put the time into using your Amada formula for a blog post, right? Now that you have that blog post, turn it into all sorts of different things. Turn it into multiple social media posts. Turn it into, like, use it as the outline for a YouTube video or a pod, film yourself for a podcast. At the same time, so you have a video and a podcast. So if you're interested in starting with whatever format you like the best and you can absolutely use Armada as your outline for all of these different mediums, Mm -hmm. then you can repurpose that into other work as well. So one piece of content can get stretched so much further and you don't have to figure that out by testing yourself. Just use the guide and (laughs) it will break
0: it down for you. Yes. There's a reason she made it. (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) Yes. And I, um, I've linked to that here in the show notes. So you guys can just click that link and also go follow Emma at Emma Givens writer on Instagram. She's sharing some Great content. And if you want to see the Armada framework in action, that's the place to see it for sure. Yes. Um, and then on your website, can people, um, like hire you for that coaching we talked about? As Absolutely. Well? Okay. Yeah.
1: If you go check out the work with me page, you'll see options for, especially copy coaching. So If you're interested in learning more about the Armada formula or having that individualized attention for accountability, for templates, for that revision to build your confidence, then that's the place to go. Um, I would absolutely love to chat with you and see how we can support you in building up your confidence in copy.
0: Wonderful. Well, there you have it, my friends. All kinds of resources to help you elevate your copywriting, no matter what stage of business you're at, no matter your skill set. You have a great resource in Emma. So, Emma, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was wonderful. Thank you so much for having me, Liz. It was so much fun. I always love talking to you. (laughs) Yay. We'll have to do it again sometime when we follow up in a a year or two and we see how everyone's doing. And I'm sure you're going to have so much more to share with us by then oh my goodness yay awesome well bloomers go out there and bloom boldly wherever you're planted by staying rooted to what matters and remember that you've got this and i've got you did that go by too fast no worries you can always find me over at elizabethfleming.com that's e-l-i-s-a-b-e-t-h-f-l-e-m-i-n-g.com For more information about my programs and how to take your learning further with me, there's also a free marketing checklist that you can get your hands on right now if you'd like. So head over to elizabethfleming.com for more. And if you loved this episode, I would love it if you left a review in return. It helps so much. So tell your friends about it if you wanna share it. On social, the official show hashtag is Brandon Bloom Pod, and you can also tag me everywhere. I'm at Ms. Liz Fleming, that's M S L I Z F L E M I N G, everywhere on social media. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I will see you.